Well, hey, Fellowship Mosaic. How y'all doing tonight? We survived the snowpocalypse. We did it. You all are here. Hey, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, I'm so glad to see you all and worship with you all. If you didn't know, my name's Michael. I'm on staff with our Celebrate Recovery team that meets here on Friday nights here in Rogers. I've been a part of that team for about four and a half years. So grateful to be here. This is my awesome wife, Mary Beth. She's awesome. Uh, way, way cooler than I am. Way cooler. So uh, I've been a part of Mosaic as well for about seven years, and Mary Beth even longer than that, and we call this our home. We love our community group, and we're just so thankful to be here. If you didn't know, if this is your first time tonight, uh, we are in the second weekend of our Celebrate Recovery series, which is awesome. It's been, it was really cool to kick it off last week, and we're grateful to, to, to do that this second weekend. And so in lieu of that, I'm going to just introduce myself the way we do in Celebrate Recovery. And the way we do that, we just kind of say our statement of faith. Where are we at in our faith? And so I might say, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And then we just openly and honestly acknowledge the, the struggles that we have in our life, maybe some stuff in the past, maybe some current, but we just say... So for me, I would say I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with pride, codependency, sexual sin, and food issues, and my name is Michael. And then people respond with the name, and they say, hey, Michael. You guys are perfect. You guys are awesome. So I'm so grateful to be here with you all. You all ready to worship? We started a, a song last week, introduced a new song. We're going to sing that again. So would you stand with me, Fellowship Mosaic, and sing about the victory that we have in Jesus?
Someone, you all are welcome to take a seat. Hello, hello, welcome to Mosaic. I am a grateful believer. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with loneliness and pride. I celebrate recovery from sexual abuse and very dysfunctional teenage years. And my name is Melanie. If you are new to Mosaic, if this is your first time, we would love to know that you're here. So you can text this number or you can fill out the link online and just let us know that you're here. Or if you're like way more of a people person, you can go out to the foyer after service and talk to our welcome team that's in that center booth. We just really want to say hello personally, face-to-face to to you. Um, If you are a woman... In Mosaic, it's a really sweet time for us right now. We have Bible studies opening up, and we have a women's retreat coming up at the end of February, beginning of March. We have two Bible studies that are open for registration. They are on Thursdays. We have one in the morning that has childcare provided, and we have one in the evening with no childcare. And then if you sign up for our women's retreat before January 29th, you get to utilize our early bird like registration fee. So I would highly encourage you do that. Both of these are just full of connection time with other women who are in the same community as you. So I would really encourage you to take part of this. Being a part of our church family is hugely important. And it's just so, you get so much like good nuggets out of it. Discover is a great way to do that. You find out more about our foundation of Mosaic. You meet the staff. They help you plug into a community group. This class is only six weeks. So I would highly encourage you to check it out and you can sign up for it online. Grief Share is one of Mosaic's most valuable ministries. Walking the path of grief And loss and mourning is something that no one should have to do alone. So Mosaic would really love to come alongside you if that is where you are in your journey right now. There's a booth, E, in our foyer that will have volunteers there and just people who are there to listen and give you more information. There's a lot going on in our foyer today because also in the foyer, we have Life's Healing Choices, which is a book that it partners with like Celebrate Recovery. It's one of their resources that you can also buy. We are in our three-week series of Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is a place where you can go as a believer when you are stuck in your brokenness. And Life's Healing Choices is one of their best resources that really helps you and pushes you along and just creates a great open door for healing. 
celebrate recovery is we have two services, one at the Fayetteville campus and then one here. It starts at 7, and it's actually for all ages. So adults, when you come, you'll come into the sanctuary. We have worship. We have teachings. And then afterwards, you'll be invited to go to an open share group where you will sit with other believers who are also in pain and have walked the same path as you. And they'll just listen to you as you share what is heavy on your heart and in your soul. And it's a great place to be loved. For our teenagers, we have the landing. And we have middle school and high school spots. And it is so cool because it mimics the adult service. And so they're hearing the same like topics of teaching, but it's angled more towards teens. And it's a great place of healing and camaraderie to know that they're not just some messed up teen. All teenagers have hurts and hangups and habits, just like adults. And then from birth to fourth grade, we also have partnerships with them, and it's called Celebration Place. And the cool thing is, is they're not, that's not recovery. That's pre-covery. And so at Celebration Place, we give these children tools to learn how to prevent hurts, how to like manage hangups, and how to prevent creating unhealthy habits in life. It is beautiful to watch these kids create a foundation where they don't have to have hard times later on in life. I have had a great experience through Celebrate Recovery. I've been a part of it since I was 12, um, and I'm now almost 30, so it's, it's a lot. I have been to the teachings. I have cried during the worship times. I've graduated through step studies. I've gone to conferences and summit events, and I've been a leader in the landing, and I've been involved in Celebration Place for so long. It's a part of my core DNA, and it is so amazing that I get to walk through the series with all of you as my home church and get to just experience that with you. So I am just truly excited. I want you to know that being in this room with you as we learn all this stuff is going to be so good for our souls. Sometimes challenging, but so, so rich because I've never felt Jesus more than I have when I sit in a place of people who acknowledge that they are broken but they're not without hope. So I'm going to pass it back off to our worship team, to Daniel, and we can continue this night celebrating and worshiping our glorious God who loves us no matter how messed up we are. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for sharing, Melanie. Hey, Forever Family, my name, well, I'll get to that. (laughs) I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with anxiety, with anger, pride, and impulsive behavior, and my name is Daniel. Hey. Um, We serve a really gracious God. Is that not cool? That's pretty cool. Um, He is a God who loves healing broken people, and we will never run out of his patience, and that is something worth being grateful for. And We've gotten to experience that already last week. Colin told us about how incredible it is that we get to come bearing our burdens to the Lord and that he will bear us, bear those with us. And he did on the cross. And, we're gonna, and tonight is just another opportunity to sit in that gratitude and to get to learn about how we can come to him in a deeper way. And so in that spirit of gratitude, we're gonna pass the offering. And this is a practice we've been doing every single week at Mosaic. And it's a practice that has been a core part of the church for centuries. And it's just one of many ways that God has given us to to say, God, thank you. I want to give back out of the blessing that you've given me. And so would you stand with us? And we're gonna continue to worship about how Christ alone is our only hope. Fiercest drought and storm 
What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled, when the striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I'll stay Sing it out. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is
Good evening, Mosaic. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who celebrates recovery from sexual sin. I struggle with food addiction and anxiety. My name is Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dad. Uh, hi. I'm a grateful Hi. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Um, I struggle with the effects of physical trauma, which include discontentment, selfishness, and people pleasing. And my name is Logan. We're gonna share with you tonight the eight principles of recovery based on the Beatitudes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. These are the foundational truths upon which our healing is built. We read these principles every week in CR because they remind us that our recovery is a process and that the process is made possible only through Jesus. Logan and I are gonna read the principles. Please join us in reading the corresponding Bible verse and reference. Principle one. Realize I'm not God. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. Matthew 5, 3. Principle two. Earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. Happy are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Matthew 5, 4. Principle three. Consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. Happy are the meek, Matthew 5, 5. Principle four, openly examine and confess my faults to others, to, my, to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Happy are the pure in heart, Matthew 5, 8. Principle five, voluntarily submit to any and all changes God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires, Matthew 5, 6. Principle six, evaluate all my relationships. Offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me and make amends for the harm I've done to others when possible, except when to do so would harm them or others. Happy are the merciful, Matthew 5, 7. Happy are the peacemakers, Matthew 5, 9. Principle 7, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. Principle 8, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and my words. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. Matthew 5.10. Good evening, Fellowship Mosaic. Hope everybody's staying warm. It's been a little bit chilly. 
I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and I struggle well with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the pastor and ministry leader of Celebrate Recovery for 18 years now. And I guess you have to be the most messed up guy on the planet to lead the ministry. So they picked me. I'm not sure what that says about me. (laughs) Now, it is good to be here with you tonight as we continue this series. I'm so excited because it educates us as a church, as we understand the church is not a hotel, it is a hospital for the sick, and if you need it or your family member or someone in your community needs this, you're going to have the tools uh, to to go to this wing of our hospital that is Celebrate Recovery. And I want to be clear that that, that Celebrate Recovery is not replacing the great things that are happening here in community at Fellowship Mosaic. It's a complement to what is already happening. But sometimes we need a safe space to process, uh, draw our attention to certain things that need our full attention. And often I'll hear, well, how long do I need to talk about that? As long as it takes, and you're worth it. And if it takes time to do that, to grow through that, then it's worth it. So I'm excited that we get to, to have this conversation But what do we do when the the pain of our past gets us stuck, keeps us from moving forward in our life? Here's something I've learned in my own process of healing, that ignoring my past keeps me from moving forward, but accepting it helps me to live in lasting freedom and healing. Tonight, we're going to kind of address the baggage that we can develop. And if I was being honest, I would have a lot more suitcases on the stage if it was uh, reflecting my own baggage. But, but the baggage that can get us stuck, that can keep us from moving forward and living out the purpose and the calling that God has for us in our life. Sometimes we as Christians, and I've been guilty of this, I think Capital C Church can do this, we will approach our habits and behaviors backwards. We try to take the things that are causing the havoc in our life and we try to manage it, whether it is an addiction or whatever that is, and just do better, stop doing that, and everything will be fine. The problem with that is we don't understand the good reasons why we're doing what we're doing. Celebrate Recovery helps us to identify the the things that, that, that progress through our life that can lead to some of these dysfunctional habits or behaviors or defenses and protections. So we're trying to make sense of that so that we can walk in the newness of life. You may not be aware of this, but actually one in three people coming to Celebrate Recovery are dealing with addictions. That might surprise you. Two thirds are actually dealing with the stuff underneath. Sometimes we use addictions to cope with our pain, but there's a lot of other things that we use, perfectionism and people-pleasing and performance, and all those things can become our strategy. And so what we want to do is address the baggage so that we can live out God's plan and purpose for our life. And I want to kind of jump into a text here in Hebrews 12.1. I think there's so much that we could cover about this text, but I don't have time to really get into all of that. I want to just highlight a couple things because I think it really speaks to what we're talking about here in dealing with the baggage in our life. The writer says this, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and then there's a why so that we can run with perseverance this race marked out for us. Now, if I say the sin that so easily entangles, we all probably have a picture of what that is, right? Oh, yeah, I know what he's talking about. That's been a part of my story, the sin that trips me up. But sometimes we lose the weight of what the hinder means. That hindrance, is the original meaning is encumbrance or a weight or a burden, And I wonder what those things are that are hindering us. And here's what I've learned in my own recovery. The things that come to me are not my fault, but they do become my responsibility. They become my responsibility to keep me moving forward. And if I try to deal with these under my own power, these things, these hindrances, weights, and encumbrances, they will most definitely become things that entangle us, and they will become our sin At the very core, it could be that I'm trying to play God, and there's only one, if if I'm remembering correctly, who has the right to rule in my life. 
and that's God Almighty. If I'm trying to play God and doing something I'm not designed to do, that in itself is a sin. And I will start reaching for other things to find comfort. And I've been guilty of that in my own life, reaching for things to numb out, to self-medicate uh, the pain in my life in a broken story that I come from. So we're going to cover three choices, very high level. Uh, Colin did a great job last week uh, taking us through the first two choices. I want to hit the next three choices, choice three, four, and five. And let me read these to you. By the way, these come uh, from the book Life's Healing Choices. Pastor John Baker, who founded Celebrate Recovery some 33 years ago, wrote this book because what he found was a lot of people got hung up on the word recovery. Like, oh, I know what that is. That's for all the addicts. No, we're all in recovery. We're trying to recover a broken image. Amen? Sin came in and disrupted that. And so what we're trying to do is recover. So we're all in recovery. And so these principles are the same as those choices, just written in a little bit different language. Uh, that book is available in the lobby if you want to check that out. But let me read these choices. The first one is the letting go Part of the process. Principle three reads, consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. And when we can let go and let God, then we can move into the process of what we call housekeeping or coming clean to openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and the body of Christ to someone I trust, a safe person, and then the hope is in choice five, because it's not enough just to, to acknowledge the junk. What are you going to do with it, God? He wants to transform it, to, to recognize the character defects that we develop and give them to him and allow him to replace those with new, beautiful, healthy practices as God-fearing believers in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a character in some old westerns that you might or might not be aware of, a guy named, by the name of John Wayne. Anybody know who John Wayne is? Okay, just me, the old people, right? Some of you are like, I don't know who that is. Just think J Jason Bourne of today, right? He was really tough. And in those old Westerns, cowboy and Indian movies, he played the exact same character. He was this rough, gruff cowboy. He had a cowboy hat. He had six shooters. He had chaps. He had the boots. He, he played the exact same guy. Now imagine John Wayne, the tough guy, going into battle to fight his opponent. And his opponent has these bows and arrows. It's fascinating how they can take a rock and carve it into a perfect arrowhead. But they're firing him at John Wayne. Now, in the context of battle, he's doing pretty good. But in the context of battle, he gets hit a few times. Now, what does John Wayne, the Jason Bourne of today, do when he gets hit with these arrows? Oh, this really stings. I need to process this wound. It really stings. No, this is John Wayne. He doesn't have time to let these arrows get in the way. What does he do? He breaks it off at the head. He throws the stick down, and he pushes through. And here's the thing. He's celebrated for it. He goes back to camp. People are just exalting him. Man, you are so tough. You actually didn't let those little minuscule arrowheads get in your way. You pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, and you finished the battle. That's the good news. The bad news is... He's still got a bunch of rocks lodged in his body. Now, you may not know this, but you can actually live the rest of your life with rocks lodged inside your body, assuming it contains the infection. But here's might be a newsflash for you. If you have rocks inside your body and you bump into something with those rocks, it actually feels worse than if you have the rocks inside of you. In Celebrate Recovery, we call these hurts, hangups, and habits. Those events in our life, the arrowheads that come at us. There's something that happened a few years ago. I don't know if you're aware of it. Something called the, the pandemic. Anybody hear about that? A little painful, wasn't it? In fact, I think we're actually in a mental health pandemic now. The effects of what we went through. Uh, we see anxiety is through the roof. We see a crippling depression and crippling fear. And oh, by the way, we're going to get you alone and isolate you. And that's where we saw alone in our pain, addictions just go through the roof. Alcoholism, drug addiction going through the roof. 
What we have to acknowledge and celebrate recovery as the body of Christ is that there are events in our life that create hurts. And if we run from our hurts and we try to break them off at the head and we develop these negative core beliefs, I'm a failure, I'm unlovable, I'm unwanted, we find ourselves in the habit part of the cycle, or I like to call those defenses and protections. Yes, when we think habits, we think drugs and alcohol, maybe pornography, but there's some other defenses and protections we develop in our efforts to run from our pain. People-pleasing, perfectionism, control, keeping people at a distance. We don't want anybody to see us in the brokenness, right? And it always bumps into the others in our life. To be an authentic community is to face the hurt so that we can adopt and adapt to these new healthy core beliefs the way Christ sees us. So that we can practice as a healthy community, true authentic community with with each other and a healthy relationship with the Father. So that we can have the others in healthy relationships. It's facing those things so that we can grow and heal. Here's a reality for me. When we move into this, this space, we have to first commit. That's the, the heart of principle three, is to understand we got to commit. Now, when we became believers, we committed our life to Jesus Christ. I hope everyone in this room has. If you haven't, please talk to us after the service. We commit to him. And when we do that, we believe with our heart. We confess with our lips, Jesus, you are Lord. And sometimes we, we say, this is the gospel, period. It gives me my salvation, but it's so much more than that. When we read Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. When Colin was talking about choices one and two last week, he was talking about just realizing that we're broken. And I love the, the, the beatitude in Matthew 5, 3, when Jesus uses this picture of poor. He's, he's helping us understand that it's like if you were a poor man or woman on the side of the street and you haven't eaten in days, and you said, Jesus, if you don't fill this cup, this tainted, empty cup in my life, I'm going to die. That's the kind of hungry and thirsty and poor that he wants us to be. We're saying that, Jesus, you are the only one that can be my portion in this world, in my life, in my brokenness. My flesh and my heart fail, but I need you. So if I don't believe there's a God and I'm not it in the, the unmanageability of my hurts and my struggles in my life, and I don't believe that I matter to him in spite of my baggage, and I certainly don't believe that he has the power to help me face my baggage, why in the world would I ever turn my life and will over to him? Why would I commit to someone I don't fully believe? My belief becomes a catalyst to trust Jesus, I trust you, I commit. And that word commit comes from that word decide, to cut off all other options. There's no plan B. Sometimes I walk into life that way. I've got one foot in and one foot out. If this doesn't work, I'll go back. Now it's jumping in with both feet and saying, Lord, I decide I'm cutting off all other options. There's only you. There's only a plan A. I commit fully to you in the process. But to commit is to understand that, that the, those hindrances, those encumbrances, those burdens that may have come our way through a pandemic or living in a broken world, bumping into other broken people, those aren't our fault, but they're our responsibility. And here's the thing. Could it be that Jesus did not leave heaven just to, just to make a bunch of bad people behave? Now, those were indicators of a need of a rescuer and a savior, but could it be that he actually came, we're called holy when we commit our life to him, that he came to make his holy people healthy? Guys, I've traveled all over the world talking about Celebrate Recovery, and it grieves my heart when I see God-fearing, God-loving men and women, believers in Jesus Christ, who are holy, called holy, living unhealthy lives. And part of it is that fear of if you could see the brokenness, what would you think of me? You, you would reject me. And the shame and the guilt and all that stuff keeps me from fully committing to Jesus and getting honest about the things that are happening in my life. The baggage that's keeping me from living out the purpose that he's called me for and to. It's not just healing, but it's a calling. It's not just freedom, it's a purpose. 
Jesus wants to bring us to our purpose, to give purpose to the pain that we may be walking through. See, my goal is to get away from this. And he says, you're not just going to get away from that. I'm going to give you something you can't even see or dream or imagine right now. Though your eyes can't see it because it's clouded by the junk that's piled up in front of you, I've got something bigger for you that you can't even see right now. You commit to me, make me your plan A, and I'll do the rest. And he'll do an amazing thing in our life. That's the power of the gospel, amen? Jesus can do that no matter how much, how big our pile of garbage is in our life. Sometimes we do have those barriers that keep us from becoming and being the person that Jesus has created us to be. Things like pride and guilt and fear and worry and doubt. We fear the unknown. What if, what if he can't fix me? Yeah, I know he does that for everyone else, but do you know the baggage I have? The gospel's for everyone else, or we worry about what other people will think. Or maybe we doubt that Christ has the power to help us with this. Do I believe he has the power? Do I believe I matter in spite of the baggage in my life? Guys, when we can fully commit to him, then it gives us strength and courage to do the next important step, and that's to examine and confess. Psalm 139 says, search me, God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. You know, that anxiety in my body sometimes is, is God's design of my body to get my attention and say, there's something really important here that needs your full attention. And don't you dare try to face it alone. God, I'm bringing you into this. I need you. Test, what is the anxiety in my body and what is it trying to say? Is there something that I need to address? You know me better than anyone. Search my heart. What is the anxious thoughts? What, is, what are they saying? Verse 24, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sometimes when I read that offensive way, my heart and mind immediately goes to the offenses I have caused others. You ever relate to that? Sometimes I forget the offensive ways that live in me are the result of the hurt that has happened to me. Hurt people hurt people. The offensive ways. Lord, are there offen- Lord, is there an offensive way that lives inside of me because of what someone did to me in my life? Lead me on the way of everlasting. Help me to examine that. Help me to confess that to you. And confession is a tricky word. All it, all it means in the original Greek is just to say the same thing. That's what it means. God knows what is true He just wants us to admit it and acknowledge what he already knows to be true, what has been done to me, the things that were burdens and encumbrances, and maybe as a result, the sin that so easily entangles that I developed because of those burdens and encumbrances that have come my way. Just to be honest with that. You don't have this on the screen, but I want to read you this John Eldridge quote because I think it really speaks to what I'm talking about here. He says, it is so important for each of us to grieve, grieve our wounds. It is the only honest thing to do, for in grieving, we admit the truth. Say the same thing. Admit the truth. We were hurt by someone we love. We lost something very dear, and it hurt us very much. Tears are healing. They help to open and cleanse the wound. That's what Jesus wants us to pay attention, the offensive way in me. Maybe it's things done to me, and maybe, usually it is, the things that I've done to others. You know, a picture tells a thousand words, doesn't it? There's a couple pictures. I don't have a lot of pictures of me as a kid uh, because me and my mom and brothers ran from very dysfunctional people. But I ran across these couple photos. That's me on the on the left here with my brother. I'm on the on the right there. And I know some of you are thinking it's uncanny how similar his hair is to today. I know you're thinking it. Full head of hair. I wish. But if you look in the the eyes of that little boy, it would tell a story. Pictures tell a story. When we can lean into our story, there's some things that that can reveal the the things that have been painful in our life. I I had multiple uh, stepfathers who were physically, verbally, and emotionally abusive. And there was a common thread of addictions running rampant through my home. 
But if I was looking and examining the things that were bringing anxiety and bringing pain in my life, one of those stepfathers in particular was a, a big pain point for me that I had to grieve. See, this one actually did most of the abusing in my childhood. He would be the one to help me with my homework at the kitchen table. And so he'd be helping me with my math problem, and, and I, I hate math to this day, maybe because of this, I don't know. But when I didn't understand it, he would, this anger and rage would grow in him much like a volcano, and it would come to a full eruption every night that we'd sit at the kitchen table. And he would abuse this little boy, and I'd fall back in the chair, and I'd fall into the plant. I can still smell the soil of the plant. I can see the 1970s shag carpet. I can see the blood in my hands, embarrassed and humiliated. I'd fumble my way back into the chair, and we'd repeat the cycle over and over and over again. See, what I didn't realize until older in life is that a little boy that, that got abused at the kitchen table crawled underneath that kitchen table and lived there. Though I was growing into a man physically, emotionally, I was still hiding underneath that table. And I think discipleship is as much about the emotional and mental as anything. Mind, body, soul. I have to address the wounds that are stuck in me, in me because they keep me from living out the person that Christ created me to be. It wasn't until I acknowledged and confessed and examined and said what was true and the saying the same thing and saying, God, this happened and it hurt me. And oh, by the way, I developed my own strategies to fill my cup that only Jesus should have been filling. Yeah, I, I created things like trying to build a false version of myself. I wanted you to love the mask, love this person that I despise on the inside. I was successful and I was trying to prove to the world how happy I was and successful, but on the inside I was dying a slow death. I was lonely and empty. I needed to invite Jesus into that to commit, to examine, to confess, to say the same thing so that Jesus could do what he does and bring healing to my life so I could live out who he's called me to be. And guys, that happens in the context of community. To be able to look another human being in the eye and say, this is what I struggle with and this is how it impacted me and see someone that loves me and cares for me and catches me in that space. My vulnerability and honesty is a shame killer that brings the little boys and the little girls out from underneath the table so that we can become who Christ has called us to be. Charles Spurgeon says it this way, nothing teaches us about the preciousness of the creator as much as when we learn the emptiness of everything else. The more I came to Jesus and let him fill my cup, the more I understood the preciousness of him and the emptiness of everything else that I tried to put in my cup because of the wounds that kept me under the table. I had good reasons. That means it justifies it. But it's good reasons why I was doing what I was doing in my life. As if we can do that, then we can do the last thing, and that is submit. Proverbs 37, 23, 24, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I love that, just the almighty God reaching down and upholding us. This is the process where the transformation begins because all the debris that we've openly examined and confessed, we start to understand how we bump into the world and why do I respond to you the way I do? We call them character defects. It's the, it's the damage, it's the debris of the, of the, uh, the effects of brokenness and, and baggage in our life that we've run from in our life because hurt people hurt people. We had to acknowledge the, the baggage and identify those character defects in our life. And that word submit just means to stand firm. There's no going back. I'm with you. And when we can do that, we can do as James 5 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I love that scripture because it's not only speaking to the healing, it's speaking to the purpose. Jesus doesn't want to just heal Rodney Holmstrom. He doesn't just want to heal the body of Christ, you. He wants to give you a calling and a purpose and purpose in the pain, whatever you walked in here with. What's the baggage that's keeping you 
from moving forward in lasting freedom and healing. It's fascinating to me to think about that little boy hiding under the kitchen table, the baggage blocking him. That little boy, I wish I could hug that little boy. But here's a cool thing. Jesus did not even expect that little boy to crawl out of there. You better get strong enough. You better crawl out here and let's get to work on this baggage and the choices you've made, Roddy. No, he doesn't do that. He actually gets down on his knees and he gets right at eye level with that broken little boy or broken little girl. And he says, I'm going to come in for you. I'm coming for you. I see you. I love you. I care for you. Not because of anything that you've done, Rodney, but because you're seeking me as the almighty God. When we embrace the loving arms of Jesus, he drags us out. I'm so glad you finally came home. (laughs) He says, now it's time to go to work. And here's what I used to think. Here's my baggage. There's Jesus. And Jesus, I'm going to take care of all this mess. And you're going to be so proud of me. I'm going to clean this up. And I'm actually going to do a lot of good things to outdo the bad in my life. And you're going to have no choice but love me. That's not the gospel. The gospel is saying, Jesus, I invite you around to the other side with the baggage. And he stands real close and he puts his arm around us and goes, gosh, what a mess. There's a lot of bad things that have happened to you, Rodney. And he's saying the same thing to you. It's a lot that's happened to you. And, and I love because he comes the first person in our life to say, you didn't deserve that. That should not have happened to you. But oh, by the way, there's been some sin that has entangled you in this process. We got to take responsibility. We got to own that too, Rodney. We're going to do it together. It's not going to happen overnight, Rodney. It's a process. You didn't get here overnight, right? But we'll get through it together. And step by step, we're going to find a calling and a purpose when you thought God would never use you ever again, that you're too broken. That's the empowering presence of Jesus Christ wrapping his arms around us as we surrender to him and allow him to do the work as we openly examine and confess and submit to him in the process. Plan A, no plan B. What about you? What's got you metaphorically hiding underneath that kitchen table? What's the baggage that's keeping you from moving forward, lasting freedom and healing. It's the Holy Spirit speaking something to you. I pray that tonight you would give it to him. Father, thank you that we can come into this safe place that is Fellowship Mosaic. All are broken. Thank you. It doesn't matter what we've done or what baggage we have in our life. You love us and you meet us in that space. It's not because of anything that we've done that you love and care and see us, but because we seek you, that you meet us in that space. I pray for surrender. I pray for courage to face that baggage so we can find our purpose and our calling to follow you, to be an authentic community, authentic relationship with you, and walk in the newness, the everlasting life that you promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Mosaic. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with shame, anxiety, depression, and grief. And my name is Mary Beth. As Rodney was saying, accepting our past leads us to lasting freedom and healing. And the good news is that we don't have to clean ourselves up before we come to God. His arms are open wide, always ready to receive us as we are. And so as we sing this next song, we invite you to tell Jesus the truth, to tell him where you are, tell him what's going on. He already knows, but there's value in telling him, there's value in being honest. 
Tell them about any hurts, habits, or hangups going on in your life that need his healing and his care, things that you need to entrust to his control. Take those things to him in prayer. Ask him for help. If you don't know where to start, ask him for comfort. If bringing those things up is painful for you. The good news is that in the midst of all of our hurt and the brokenness in ourselves and in the world, Jesus Christ takes all that sin has broken and stolen and makes us whole.
the debt, that you paid it all. God, we're thankful for freedom. We're thankful for your grace and your mercy, Jesus. We're so thankful for that tonight. And we're grateful to worship together as a forever family. Amen. Hi, friends. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with anxiety, lust, and codependency. My name is Aaron. Y'all can all take a seat for a moment. If I haven't met you, I would love to. I serve here at Fellowship Mosaic on the student ministry team, and I'm a resident right now. I mean, I also attend CR down um, in Fayetteville. CR has been life-changing for me, and I believe that it can be life-changing for anyone in this room. So with that being said, I wanna draw your attention to the prayer on the screen. It's called the serenity prayer, and it also means peace prayer. Um, It's something that we uh, pray aloud every week um, at CR, and I wanna invite y'all to pray it aloud with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Now, before you leave, I just want to reiterate the impact that CR can have on your life. If you're struggling or um, even if you feel like you're just not flourishing, I want to invite you to celebrate recovery on Friday nights in this room at 7 p.m. And also, if you want to buy Life's Healing Choices, it'll be out in the foyer for sale. Um, You can buy that. And as we end the night, um, we would... uh, we want to pray with you. So the back sections, um, we want to invite y'all into prayer um, if you need it. Our staff would love to meet you there. Um, and if you're new, we want to welcome you and invite you to connect with us at the info booth in our foyer. We hope that you find this to be a place where you can connect with God and connect with others and feel seen and loved. And lastly, with the cold temperatures, we ask that everyone exit out uh, the back of the worship center and not use the side doors. So with that being said, Fellowship Mosaic, let us go in peace to love and to serve the Lord together. You are dismissed.